Hello everyone, welcome to Coming Out of the Kitchen. My name is Cass and today we are at Mary's house and um, we're going to have our roundtable conversations with Amari and Mary and talk about how they became involved in the local Black Lives Matter BLM of Southwest Missouri. So I am going to introduce you to Amari and let her tell her story. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, so I am from Springfield, Missouri. I was born and raised here and I actually went to Los Angeles after I turned 19. So I went to K through 12 here. I went to university for a year and then I moved to Los Angeles and I was there for about seven years. And then I moved back a year ago when my brother was diagnosed with ALS and I uh, stayed here until we buried him in March. And then after that, COVID struck. And then after that, um, there was the Ahmaud Arbery shooting. There was the Breonna Taylor shooting. And then there was uh, the George Floyd death in which uh, George Floyd is a man in Minnesota, who I, I hope everyone knows by now, but uh, he died um, because an officer named Derek Chauvin uh, kneeled on his neck for almost nine minutes and it was filmed, it went viral, and then um, there was outbreak with protesting turned into rioting. How did, can I interrupt you yeah. for just a second? Mm -hmm. How did it go mm -hmm. and how did they, um, specifically in this area, how did it, how did the protesting start here? Did it start up there first and they just... Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, well, in my, how I witnessed it um, was there was a climax of sorts with Ahmad and Brianna and George being all within. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, just um, like weeks of each other, like super close together. So you have this raising racial tension across the nation um, because these happened in different parts of the country. But after George Floyd, there was a change. Um, his death was especially brutal. Brianna's was too, but we don't have, we didn't have to watch it. Um, Brianna was, I don't think we would want to watch it, but right. I, it doesn't make it any less horrific to just right. think somebody's breaking into your house. Mm -hmm. I mean, was it just last night or the night before that somebody in our town here, mm -hmm. somebody was breaking into his house and he shot and killed the guy? That was um, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's your normal reaction. Yeah. Right. And she had, they just thought somebody was breaking in and, and they shot and killed them. It's just mm -hmm. horrific. I mean, yeah. as, in my opinion, as horrible as George Floyd's is, mm -hmm. I would almost think that that is worse. It was a, it was a get full on up. mass shooting. It was, yeah, it was more than one people. They raided her house and to make it worse. It was the wrong address. Yeah. yeah, wrong address. And then on top of that, it gets worse because they arrested her boyfriend. It was there. It's still there. Yes. And he was released. Side note on that, the person they said they were looking for was already in police custody. The thing that trips me up, and I know I'm going to let you get back to your story, but the Colorado... Oh, yes. And Elijah McClain. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. He was literally walking home with a grocery sack, mm -hmm. and somebody yeah. calls him as suspicious. You're walking home with a grocery sack? How is that suspicious? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he kept telling them, 
I'm an introvert. I, I mean, he said I'm a vegan. Mm -hmm. he my was house just, is right there. He I'm was telling them everything, and they just... He was afraid for his life, he knew. Yeah. yeah. But he was calmly telling them that, and they mm -hmm. just continued to ramp up the attack on him. Yeah. I just... And then in his town, all the, the symphony came out, everyone that played came out to a park, and they're all playing their violins to honor him. Oh, and they pulled guns on him. Yes, the police come and break it up, and it just it was just horrific. It just why not let them honor him in such a beautiful way? And they weren't they wouldn't. I just wanted some of the as a white woman, <laughs> I could never walk. Nobody could walk in the shoes that you guys are walking in. And um, I was telling a friend of mine, I said I just can't imagine. Waking up every day and getting in your car, just like I do, and maybe you're just driving five blocks to work, mm -hmm. and you have to worry that you're going to get pulled over for a taillight or mm -hmm. some yeah. crazy thing, right? and then you don't get to go home. Can you imagine the traumatic stress that that would create? Just yeah. that fear alone, I just want to go to work. Mm -hmm. I just want to go do my job. And that's all things that we take for granted, or I take yeah. for granted, because it, because it doesn't happen to me. Right. right. Well, in southwest Missouri, um, it's called driving while black, DWB. Well, you, <laughs> you get pulled over just to, for a check, and then they want to search your car. It's, it's ridiculous. And it's happened to every one of my children. You don't question. If you, you question the authorities, it makes it worse. Oh, the, yeah. the officer. They just, mm -hmm. just make it. And how is that so? Because as, as a white woman, I could say... I'll, I'll get my taillight fixed, I promise. And, See you later. And, yeah, and, but if it's like a black person, then it's um, put your hands up, mm -hmm. step out of the car. It's a whole lot of questions that lead up to, well, uh, can we search your car? And then you have to get out of the car and let them search your car because if you don't, then the questions get worse and things escalate. So we just yeah, they just, get out of the car. Just like the young boy in Colorado, he was just saying, I'm an introvert. Yeah, I'm an introvert. He's walking home from know, the store. Had a worship and an iced tea. Yeah, I don't know how much more suspicious, unsuspicious you could be. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But I interrupted your story. No, no, no. Let's get back to how all this started, Mari. Yeah. Well, that things like that, exactly right. that. Um, I think with George Floyd, we when we saw that video, we saw him complying and calm and. He still ended up getting beaten in the back of the police car, which is footage that didn't come out until later. It, it hadn't come out initially, the story, you know, what happened before? Uh, oh, well, he tried to use a counterfeit $20 bill. Uh, so he's a criminal and he has a history of this and that. Well, it, it's funny because you have stories like him and then you have stories like Elijah McClain where it's, it there doesn't matter. There's never a right answer, okay? so. A cop pulls you over, and but the story of George Floyd—he was—he was calm. He was calm the whole time. Yeah. They put him in the car. He was calm, and then all of a sudden, yeah. in the car, something happened. Yeah, in public. Did it show that? <laughs> did it show that it, he was hit in the car? Because I didn't see. Yeah, yeah. They beat him up in the car. In later video, and then what? You know, we, we we of course we all watched him die. And what came out later was videos of behind the van which they didn't think it was being filmed, but somebody released footage. And there are two other cops on him, yeah. on his leg, yeah. one on his legs, one on his back, and then this guy is on his knee. And the worst part on of it, 
was the arrogance of them when you were like he looked at the camera he can't breathe and he's just like yeah what are you gonna do about it you know it just that is you don't have a right to carry a badge when you're that evil that's evil there, there, there's a certain honor that goes with the badge, and those men did not have it. So, so go ahead. Yeah, so so that happened. COVID happened, so I was stuck here uh, in town. And then basically I made, I was looking for a platform where Black Lives Matter existed here, and it didn't. There were little organizations um, that fought for different things. There are some fighting for equal justice for uh, blacks, but... There wasn't just like one platform where everyone who was in this fight could be. So I created Black Lives Matter Southwest Missouri, and I I created that a month a month from today. So today is it's one month birthday. Your anniversary. It's our anniversary. It's been really a a divine thing because I created it on May thirtieth. By June sixth, we had posted a three thousand person march, which is the largest. Equal Rights March in this Southwest Missouri. Mm-hmm. So we, we so broke it, history. Now, was that in this specific town? Or yes. was that the one down it? And I'm going to go ahead and name this town. Yeah, go for it. Branson. It wasn't Branson. Did you bring Branson? Did you go I to didn't. Branson? I specifically didn't. I did not do that intentionally. Because it was a very spontaneous and heated uh, event. And for something like Branson, where you're going to travel outside of your main area to bring a movement to another area takes a lot of time and organization because you have to look out for the safety of your people Mm -hmm. and you have to consider the safety of the black people and people of color in Branson area that you are leaving there when the protest is over and the backlash that might become of that. So... I decided that was not an opportunity for us to capitalize on, and there were things happening in our town that were. There was a Back the Blue rally here, and um, we we needed to focus on that because they hosted it on one of the most historic days in the fights for equality, which was Stonewall. It was the 51st anniversary of Stonewall, which is kind of... It acted as a catalyst for the LGBTQ plus and uh, fight for equality. Um, so I think explain Stonewall. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So Stonewall is named. It's the Stonewall riots in 1969, and it was named after the Stonewall Inn, uh, which was a very popular. What what kind of acted as like an underground bar club run by mobsters, but they pretty much paid off police to let people. Uh, dance and drink there freely and be themselves. It was the only place, it's the only bar in New York that uh, the LGBTQ community could dance with each other. It was the only place they could kiss in public, only place they could get drinks with each other. Um, and even then, it was commonly raided by police. Uh, Stonewall was not the first time that police had raided. Um, that was that happened before, and when they would do that, they would go in and violate their badge, much like you're seeing on TV and on your smartphones today, um, because they would enforce laws that weren't laws. They would go in and decide that you needed to have three articles of clothing that conformed with your birth sex, or else they could, I don't know, criminalize you, charge you with something. So automatically targeting cross-dressers, drag queens, transgender people, 
they would do sex checks, so they would literally violate these people's Oh, to see right. whether they're male or female. Yeah, and see if they were male or female and decide, how oh, bored how you got to be to work Man, lift your skirt <laughs> or I'll do it for you. Yeah, so these, and these people oh. took it because that was the only place they could be themselves. So they fought for that, and it took getting abused regularly just for them to even have that many of being exploited and overcharged for their drinks. So the night stone all happens. It's as far as I know, it's unclear why that was the night that acted as a catalyst for this. This we're not going to take it anymore. And the Stonewall riot broke out and garnered like thousands of people in front of this small bar um, once they found out about it. And then you hear people like Marsha P. Johnson come out of this story, who's one of the most famous Black transgender uh, activists in the history of LGBTQ rights. So what we learned from things like Stonewall is that the marginalized communities have been silenced for a long time now, and a lot of the time it's at the hands of law enforcement. So for there to be a Back the Blue rally on that historical day is not just them continuing that pattern of silence, but it's really a slap in the face and it shows you how not conscious they are of the current social and racial climate here in America. For you to host a Back the Blue rally to build police morale is counterproductive in a time where statistically police are the leading cause of death for black Americans. It's the sixth leading cause of death for black Americans. So did they, did the black lot or the Back the Blue, did they say that they that specific day or was it just a day in the week that so they didn't um no one that i saw came out and, and publicly said their reasonings for why they wanted to permit this that part of the city for that day but we do know that there was lgbtq plus an anti-discrimination event already scheduled oh. at the same place at the oh. same time and and, and you have to get can... the police's permission to have any kind of Protests. Um, you don't have to get police's permission. Um, well, you have to. I know that you have to, from my uh, fundraising for MVA, you have to get permission for parades. And, right. But, but if yeah, you're you just have on to the permit square. a part of the city if you want an event and it exceeds outside of the limitations of legally doing it without. So somebody this. had to let the police know that they were there. Yeah, and and I'm sure, I mean, there's a LGBTQ police liaison uh, in SPD who is, it's her job to uh, protect the LGBTQ community and let them, allow them the space. Is she LGBTQ? I don't know. I don't know if she's a part of it. I know for sure she's an ally, and she also uh, was on the um, was in a meeting with us when Black Lives Matter was preparing for our June 6 March. Um, so we sat down with them and we talked about uh, how to keep us safe. And it was explained in the meeting, oh, well, it's our job to keep everyone safe. And <laughs> I basically called out the elephant in the room and I was like, given the current racial climate and given who's sitting in this seat in front of you right now, it's your job to keep me safe and my people. So that was made very clear. It was also made very clear that there'd be no photo ops and that if it was a successful march or not, uh, we would control the narrative because we didn't want SPD walking away with, oh, well, all things are good here and 
um, really any police department, even in Branson, you know, there was, we didn't go down there, but protesters who did, they chose a very different narrative to tell. And I think it's really important to keep your message clear about what you want to see, what changes you want to see. And for Black Lives Matter, that is to cultivate a very different relationship with police and essentially, you know, create a, a different future that police might not exist in or wouldn't be needed in. Not that those people wouldn't be employed, but that we would decentralize the system so that way we wouldn't call police for every single problem we have in the community because they're not trained to answer every single problem we have in the, in the community. And I think that's why we see so many problems. And then to top systemic racism in with that, it's um, you, have a, you have a really lethal and fatal um, problem in America. I mean, I just feel like the, the statistics at this point really speak for themselves. Like you can't deny there's racial disparity and seen in every police department across the country. But it's not really out of hand. It's how it's always been, and we're finally saying enough is enough. Well, I, and I think that with um, the person sitting at the White House, he has made it okay for the racists to show their butts again. And he's, he has no bones about telling you that. No, yeah. he doesn't. He just, yeah. Oh, no. And that's the thing with a lot of white nationalists in history is there is a unapologetic entitledness to it. Of course, white mm. privilege is, yes. is the epitome of entitlement. Uh, whether you're bold about being racist or not, I don't think Trump is necessarily a worse guy than some of the people here who might be your neighbors who might smile at you every day, but they voted for him and they might not admit that. They might not have a Trump flag. Oh, let me tell you, I've got relatives that I'm just like, I can't. I mean, <laughs> I was raised by the same mom and dad as you, and I just... What I'm, happened? You know, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> right? It's like... Our family's the same. Our it's family like, is the same. Yeah. And I mean, when when they first when he first came out and he said, I can shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and my people will still back me, I thought, wow, why would you say that, number one? And number two, why would somebody follow you just because you randomly shot somebody? Right. His supporters are very blind. And then for the oh. grabbing the woman by the pee, oh. that, oh and gosh. I was like, okay, my brother, you're married to a woman. <laughs> what, How do you feel he, about he's that? He's talking about her. Yeah. He's talking about your daughter. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're still voting. Well, you know, he's a businessman. He's going to straighten out this country. How many bankruptcies has this man had it's been published that he would hire union people to build his buildings and then refuse to pay him right and then yeah. if he got forced to pay him he would file bankruptcy right yeah so and he would not have to pay them the contractual i don't the thing is he is making all his money off of us yeah and he's we bankrupt are, in our country oh yes oh, but him and his family are going to be just fine when oh this yeah is all over. oh yeah yeah, buy your hat. He doesn't from give that ass Buy your America. little red hat from China. All he's right. doing, he's running his business in our White House. Yeah, he is. The, the racial climate of this United States, Trump has made worse in every way. Oh, I was. Wow. He's I was playing this that, Christian card, which, oh my gosh, if anybody ever read the Bible. He can't quote any verse out of the Bible. He can't even hold <laughs> he it up asked correctly. He what his favorite verse was, and he was like, uh, uh, I, I like all of it. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's like, okay, can you name one? And then when, after he gasses people and gets them out from in front of the 
St. Michael's Church so he could take his photo op. Wow. Someone said, is that your Bible? And he's like, it's a Bible. Yeah. <laughs> well, a Christian would say, yes, this is my Bible, and I know what the verses are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not him. Yeah. But and just so, like today at work, okay, so I work in a parts department, and a man comes in, and he has called earlier and asked for um, a bolt that bolts down an air filter. And so when he walks in and he sees he's talking to me, instead of just saying, hey, I came, I, I called earlier and I got a part, he's like, hey, I came to pick up that screw. And the way that he said it was just so... Derogatory. Oh, my God. And I was like, I'm sorry? And he said, yeah, I came to pick up a screw. I was like, we don't sell screws here. What do you mean? Mm -hmm. He said, I think I talked to you earlier, and I needed a, a screw. And he just kept going on about uh, this, you know. And I was like, what, what was your name? Did I tell you I would hold it back for you? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's under this name. He's like, okay. And so I checked it out, and I was like, well, here's your bolt. And... You know, <laughs> <laughs> We deal with that every stinking day. It's either very subtle, yep, or it's slapped across the front yep. of your face. Microaggressive racism is the most common form of racism in Southwest Missouri, and it's something that white people do not have the natural eye to see. It has to be trained by educating yourself on white privilege, on systemic racism, but it's something that black people experience every second of every day in a predominantly white state, I would even say. Right. You know what I mean? Not just a yeah. predominantly white town. But then to, let's make it a red state, uh, we're in the Bible Belt, a Christian state, right-wing conservative state. Between, I want to say it's 1850 and 1977. Don't quote me on that. Somewhere in that chunk of time, we were the second state to have the most amount of lynchings outside of the South. This is right behind Oklahoma. So we've killed more black people in the state of Missouri than any other state in the country outside of the South in Oklahoma. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, actually, so and Catherine Letterer is... Yeah. I know, she's she's up on this stuff. That's why we're here. And, and all of her... Um, all Don't of you. Oh, well, thank you. Well, so is she. Catherine Letterer is someone that mom started studying um, yeah. not too long ago. All of her stuff. Letterer. She was a teacher. She's a black activist, but she's a non-black ally. She's a white yes. teacher. Yeah. But when she found out, um, started uh, studying the history, she made sure all her kids knew. And it was something that she taught throughout the years to make sure that people knew that this was wrong in this area. And um, in, what was it, 19... When the boys were hung? No. 1906? Yes, when the, in 1906, and when the lynchings happened on the square. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's that was uh, part of how she brought in the, the history. Three boys mm -hmm. that we know of, Horace Duncan, Fred Coker, mm -hmm. and... I can't remember his name. Will, was it William? Allen. Allen, William mm -hmm. Allen. They were hung, they were dragged by a white mob out of the jail, beaten, tortured, hung, and burned, and put in an unmarked grave in, in Hazelwood Cemetery where- Didn't they just do, didn't they just provide them with a tombstone? Yeah, it was because was it of the teacher. Last year? Well, they, they did another one recently where they put a mark around the square recognizing oh, okay. them. Right. But they got their tombstone right before, uh, was it before or after Catherine Letter had died? Because she had... Before. Okay. Because she, she bought a up. grave site right beside them where she was going to be buried. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. And, and her kids 
um, had such a passion for the story and the history that they raised the money to put the marker there and give them a proper burial. Now at first, they didn't have a marker on their grave because they had to protect their bodies, what was left of their bodies. Because oh. after the bodies were burned, people. people were reaching in for trophies. For souvenirs. This was a common practice among white mom mentality and killing the killing of black Americans in the history of uh, literally in the history of slavery and lynching right. so the whole the whole last 400 years it was common practice for white mobs to brutalize torture hang burn and then collect body parts the term picnic got term got coined by pick a nigger because they would take yeah they would take um they they made uh, an oil out of a burned body they they would take pieces that, of burned bodies. I have to. I how have did that to. turn into picnic? Um, that's a great question. Uh, this is this is something that we also see a lot in history, like the ice cream song, the ice cream theme song you hear when the ice cream truck goes down the street. Uh -huh. Yeah, that used to the that, jingle. Yeah, the jingle uh, used to be a song about how black people and they refer to him them by niggers uh, eating watermelon. And it was, it, that song was all about that trope, how black people loved watermelon. And then we still play that song. Yeah. We just don't play the lyrics. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, the thing that got me was, I just learned this year that, uh, this is embarrassing. George Washington did not have wooden teeth. Oh, he didn't. <laughs> That's what we were taught. Why, why are we taught these stupid things? He yanked, he yanked the teeth out of his slaves and put them no. in. Oh, she's disgusting. A wooden deal. He literally went out and yanked. The, they're still alive. He would just yank their teeth out, the ones that he needed to fit to fill oh his. Gosh. I just learned that this year. Yeah, I, the atrocities that have happened in this country are, are now at MSU. Um, our teacher, how she, she put all her work, decades and decades of work, into the archives at MSU, and it's all online and available. It's digitized. You could you could read forever. Oh. She was amazing. If you just look up Catherine Letterer, she spells Catherine with a K, Letterer, L-E-D-E-R-E-R, -E -E it's it's under MSU's website, and yeah, you can just look up Many Thousands Lost. Is Missouri State talking? University? Yeah, Missouri State University. They've archived all of her documents, and there's so much black history in there that we have not, I grew up in the schools in this area, and I never heard about any of this right. until her. We didn't, our, our school, yeah. you moved away. I, I told you. You moved away. We had, we had one black family move, move in. In history, we did not learn anything other than white man is great and he conquered this country and red people were savages. And, and that our founding uh, fathers yeah. were noble. Yeah. They yeah. were slave owners. Watch the documentary 13th. Well, that I, breaks it all down. Well, we'll, we'll get you so hooked up with that. People should know about that, though. That is really they good. Should. Because really Netflix good. has a Black Lives Matter category, if you're a streamer. Hulu <laughs> has a Black Stories category. And Ava DuVernay is a very, very famous Black director. And she has had so many great works come out in right. the last decade. And 13th is basically a documentary rewriting history history to be true more truthful yeah so it, it breaks, breaks down, down the, the systemic 13th racism amendment. and the incarceration system yeah the 13th amendment yeah it's really good and how when the constitution was created black people were not considered a 
person. Oh, and then we were considered only three-fifths a person. Oh, yeah. And then we were allowed to vote. And then it wasn't until well, 1952, you know, is it that, that we were allowed to marry interracially with Mr. Oh, it was, no, it was illegal nose, for, for it, yeah, I mean, state by yeah. state. Until about a decade legal. before you and dad well, were born. Yeah. My parents are interracial, so just their parents wouldn't have been able... I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to exist even before the 1960s, right. technically. My yeah. kind wasn't really allowed, even though slave owners and our founding fathers like Thomas Jefferson were raping their slaves. Uh, Thomas Jefferson had his, his slave mistress um, for thought, about eight or nine of his children. I thought Andrew Jackson was the big... Oh, he's another one. He's another one. He's another one. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on this um, pulling down statues? I hear it all the time. Well, you're ruining history. That's history. And I said, and I say, when's the last time you opened a history book? When's the last time you visited a statue? (laughs) When's the last time you went to the library? Yeah. When did you? Or uh, a museum? When When did you go to the statues existing? But get this. So many people did not even know that that Sterling statue was in the National Cemetery. Yeah. Until, and now it's like, oh my God, save Sterling. It's like. <laughs> really? Did you, when you were visiting your loved ones, did you throw a rose on his statue? I mean, what? Like, mm-hmm. but, yeah, like, what is your attachment to this idol? And now they're blowing yes. it out of proportion, I think, but you might oh, correct well, me. Well, okay, let me tell you this, Cass. Let me say real quick. <laughs> okay. They're wanting, they're, they're like, well, next they're going to blow up the monuments on in South Dakota. What, uh, Mount Rushmore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys are just... Yeah. They're crazy. But go ahead and tell me. Okay, so the Civil War lasted five years. Mm -hmm. The Civil War was people in our United States fighting against our United States. Yeah, they wanted out. I mean, that's treason. It's treason. That is treason. And they surrendered. And those statues were not put up after the Civil War. They were put up during Jim Crow to let people know. Look, you're still black. Yeah. And just remember what happened, and it can happen again. Do you and know see, how many times we've heard that been said in the last few weeks? Just it, just remember what happened, and remember it can happen again. Yeah. Oh, police say that yeah. all the time. They say, well, oh, as they're brutalizing a black person, oh, you want this to be you next? Or they'll brutalize someone just to just let you know that they can, and they well, can't. Perfect example, the George Floyd murder. Oh, the color All guys of those me. four oh. officers looked at the camera like there's nothing, nothing you can do to yeah. me. I am above the law. The one on the neck really had this oh. And then J. Alexander Quang, who got out of bail and was seen shopping uh, at Cubs Foods in Minnesota, which I actually visited quite a lot. I, I spent about a month in Minnesota last fall doing some work. And um, it's funny, when I was there, it just seemed like this really quaint, cute, it was fall time, so it was beautiful. Oh, yeah. Land of Thousand Lakes. You have all these beautiful trees, and they've all changed colors. It's a Scandinavian town, so all the houses oh, are, yeah. you know, it has this aesthetic. And we stayed at this, I stayed at this Airbnb that was owned by uh, two historians in the town. And they were really eclectic, hippie people, so it wasn't like white history. It was just all of this cool, factual art and um, artifacts and I had such a good experience and then to hear this catalyst in this year for me, that was maybe one of the best parts of my last year. Maybe the worst part of this year is George Floyd in Minnesota. Right. Minnesota is notorious for 
things like this happening in their department. Really? Well, Al J. Alexander Quinn got out on bail, was shopping at Cups Foods, buying Oreos. Like, this dude's there to treat himself. He's not worried. He's walking around no. smug as shit. He has his little hat on, and a, a lady's there filming. You can find this online. A lady's there filming, and she's like, he goes, what? What, what do you want? Because he sees her, you know, looking at him. And she's like, what's your name? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's me. And she's like, so it is you. So you're out on bail. You're here shopping at Cub Foods. How, how do you feel about that? Do you have anything to say? Do you have anything to say for yourself? Do you want to say sorry? And he starts walking her away. And the, the, the interaction goes on, and, and, and she doesn't let him off the hook. You know, she, she basically she holds him accountable unapologetically in the middle of this uh, grocery store. Yeah. And she's like, you, you won't be able to shop comfortably here anymore. You won't be able to shop anywhere comfortably anymore because we don't want you here. We don't want you. He's like, I just want to pay for my food. We don't want you to pay for You don't food. deserve to be we want you in, in jail. That's right. You took some in. And this life. guy couldn't have been less caring. Yeah. He was sitting there watching George Floyd die. So back to Southwest Missouri mm -hmm. and the BLM. Oh, yeah. Matter. What is the end goal? Is there an end goal? Yeah. Definitely. Okay. There's a lot of end goals. The end goal is the same end goal that my ancestors had, the revolutionaries in the 60s had, and that we have. It's just now we have the attention of white America because George Floyd's death was horrific enough for them to wake up. Well, I just didn't think anybody would realize that it would go across the whole world. That's yeah, beautiful. That was beautiful. You know, yeah. And coming from where we come from, the thing that really got me was in Minnesota, the Mennonites. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I loved seeing that it's like if, if these people who live separately from the rest of us yeah. can understand what's going on yeah. in this country why can't you get it goosebumps mm -hmm. but oh. okay so everybody's crying defund the police yes what is your definition of defunding the police so defunding the police for me is I think a brilliant saying it's a it's a brilliant term that's been coined that's been horribly perverted and manipulated to to basically uh give white people the idea that that means we're going to get rid of them and then we're going to do nothing so you're more on the page of just reallocating some of the funds that are sent to them i think there's three main steps because when you're talking about defunding the police you're talking about that end goal that I was talking about that we all share. It is bigger than the police department, but this is maybe one of the biggest first steps we can take to fixing the systemic racism in this country. So you have to first divest from them. Because America is the number one country in the history of the world to fund police and mass incarceration and private prisons as much as we have, Oh, that's a whole nother podcast, that privatizing. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I have just, I have got my hackles up over that. So, oh, man, I'm so Oh, angry. white men are making millions of dollars. Yeah, billions of dollars. By Wait till you watch 13th. Legally oh, I, 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 I saw the, the private prison down in uh, Texas that they own like a 12,000 acre uh, beef farm. That's called and a modern so, day plantation. That's it's called slavery. Yeah, yeah it but, is. And, and, yeah. and they sell. That's explained. They use the the prisoners to work the farm. So that the person Jesse that Kenny, owns that prison, the person uh, that owns, owns that prison, is not only profiting off of having them in their prison, but they're profiting off their free labor. 
I mean, I think they pay them $2 a day. Let's get serious. <laughs> yeah. Because they do have the to make money. them buy their own toothpaste. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So well, let's give them $2 a day. Yeah. They can save up and buy toothpaste. So they can wipe their butt and brush their teeth. That's where Congress is in bed with big business. Oh, this, this. They, they uh, make the laws to make this happen, to keep the prisons at a certain population so that they can fund all these companies that are coming in yeah. and profiting over human labor. I mean, I had something I wanted to ask you. So, um, Is it regarding defunding? Yes, but <laughs> while we were talking, I want to know if BLM, are they um, getting involved in this voting thing oh, that's yeah. going on? Are we? Absolutely. People but, have to start filling that those seats that care about America, mm -hmm. that care so, about America as a whole and not just their little piece of the pie. I mean, I mean, Black, Black Lives Matter is the... the People who organize that and run that are are political activists, absolutely. So yeah. like, they've donated so much to campaigns that are. Well, it's not just that; it's just out getting, you know, walk the beat and just to, yeah. you know, are you yeah. voting? Are you registered? Well, vote? and they're and doing that's a lot the, of that's that. That's the thing is you can't hold Black America responsible for no. you getting out because of voter suppression. Because people do try to get out and then and they do vote and their their ballots aren't cast. You know how many people went and voted electronically and it didn't get submitted last year? How do you know that? You just have to dig for it because the media isn't going to cover it. You know what I mean? This is just like with every... I mean, this, I is, this is part of the black fact, experience. I would have to fact check that. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. No because when it. you vote, you put that thing in, that electronic thing, there's nobody there to say it's not counted. No? And there's no way to know it came from a black voter. Um, well... I don't know about that, but when you go to in your little cubby mm -hmm. and you darken your little circle, mm -hmm. and then you take your form over and you feed it into that right thing that looks like a copy machine, right? That's the counter. Yeah, it's not going to know if you're black, white, orange, yellow. It won't, but it will know what area you're in, and it will know what areas are ninety percent black and small communities or underrepresented poor communities those are the communities that are having problems with voter suppression so well, the only way I can see them suppressing that is closing your voting place which they did actually they closed how many of them oh recently? I know I know yeah but, but I mean other than that when you slip that piece of paper in that machine it's counted you would it's hope. counted but it's counted under your name and and you have to put your race on your driver's license I they could be recording us right now and we don't even Everyone know. Everyone has a, you, you know, know there's that conspiracy theory. Everyone has a little special agent that's watching them on yeah. their smartphone camera at all times. But who knows? I mean, the government's shady, man. And there, yeah, and there's even the rumors about the, the COVID vaccine that's going to come out. That if you, if you get it, they want to microchip you to make sure they know that you got it. But our protest, I will say, media covered and they made sure to, well, it was undeniable if you go and you look at any photos in Southwest Missouri protests. We all have masks on. Every single one of us has masks. You go get video footage of the Back to Blue rally, guess how many people had masks on? Zero. Zero people had masks on. I have a theory about that, but I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to try to <laughs> rein us back in. We've got about 10 or 15 minutes left, so, and I know you have another appointment. Yeah, yeah. So, in a nutshell, if you can. Yeah. What's going to happen? Let's say... Let's say that they, they're trying to pass these new laws in Congress for police training. Oh, God. Yeah. Which I think is just... It's useless. More government money thrown down the toilet because you can't... It is. Because you're investing more into the police when 
the whole point of defund the police is to divest from them, invest into other into your community, into your community services. Yes. So your mental health services, yes. the services that aid in homelessness, getting people yes. off the streets, drug addiction services. Because fifty percent of these calls are not for violent criminal crimes. Right. They are for these other things, and police are showing up with a badge and a gun. And they're in, they're incarcerating these nonviolent criminals. The same people that are discriminating on against race are the same ones that are discriminating against the homeless, mm-hmm. and the the same ones that discriminate. These are all cisgendered white people. These are white people who benefit from white privilege and have that privilege. Well, I think it goes to I mean, ignore that it's a problem for other people. What people should be studying. It should be studying Roman Catholicism and how Western civilization benefited off a corrupt business structure for the Roman Catholic Church and for Western Christianity. That is the most outside of the foundation of America. In my opinion, that is it's a worldwide systemic oppression if, if you have to Well, as a Catholic, from... I don't know about that, but Ooh, I will. Yes. I will do some research. That is statistic. But... I, you know, I can't even say that I'm a Catholic anymore because I quit going to church. I just quit. I was like, you know, you, I can order in a, a daily scripture and I can do it at home. I don't get my daily because, scriptures on my And phone. here's why. It's like I told my co-host. I'm trying to read it from cover to cover and they're like, oh, no, no, no. That's right. So when you go to church, you're relying on somebody else to preach to you. Mm-hmm. How it, how... How it should be. Not not even just that. You're allowing someone else to preach to you about another country's and a society within that country and another race. And oh no no, Jesus is white. You know oh, that. Sarcasm. 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 Let me tell you. Yeah, he was I born by the equator and he's white. <laughs> I told my neighbor that. I said, uh, and he's just like a 21 year old, and he was helping me out with the broken ankle, and we were talking about something, and it come around to that. And this was before the protests and George Floyd and all oh, that right, stuff. Right. I said, you know, Jesus is not white. And he just he said, what? And I said, dude, don't you know where he was born? It wasn't yeah. in North Carolina. But he's yeah. Jesus. He's the son of God. He must be a white man. He must be a sister. So we go to man. church Sunday, Who Wednesday, like all this stuff. And we have some preacher standing up there that's preaching to us his interpretation of the Bible his or what his headquarters Tells him because I, yeah. I'm supposed to be talking up no, no. this politician, yep. and I cannot fundamentally agree with everything that he's doing. Right? right. How can I preach to my people? That is separation of church and I'm state. I'm just There should not be. There should not be any discussion about how to vote. I'm not smacking her. I'm tapping her on the knee. <laughs> oh, tap. Make that tap. clear. <laughs> but no, I, I agree. So separation of church and state. But yeah. my gosh, that is just. It, it, I just. I can't go anymore and listen to somebody pick and choose what they want to feed me. Yeah. Like I believe in God. Love Jesus. But let's let's Talk be clear that man. God and Jesus are not religion. That they are outside of religion. Religion is man-made. It's a it's its own structure. It's not God Jesus never had a church. Jesus. Exactly. He never had a church. But people people, people gather thought that if you go to church, you're in the house of God. No, the church isn't God even is a building. Everywhere. The church is a, is the group. It's the congregation. That's what the church. The word the church is referring to the congregation. It's not referring to a, the house of God or a building or a temple. Yeah, it's it a little misinterpreted. This is misinterpreted. It gets taught wrong intentionally, so they can control you. So they can control their congregation. 
and they can can control people and to they can they can guide them and lead them to believe what they want to believe. So you kind of understand why I wanted you. Tracy's porch out there. That's it. Yep. And uh, yeah. So. Oh yeah. So we had the march on June six. It was three thousand people strong. Are we still marching? Uh, we did a silent demonstration on Stonewall on the anniversary of Stonewall. Yeah. But protest isn't something, it's not your go-to. So protesting is um, a tactic that just, is used. I'm afraid that if you quiet down now, it'll just go away. Oh, and it always does. That's the thing. People get comfortable again. Yeah. It's not in their face, so they don't have to see it and deal with it every day. Yeah. But I can tell you black America is that it, it's, we've hit another straw that has broken the camel's back in this generation. What is your, I mean, a lot of people are afraid. They're like, um, they should they be. want to take over. Yeah, of course we do. This is exactly do you want to, I don't want to just live peacefully. Well, that's not how I think you would have to, because you can't have you want to dominate. I that's going to scare a lot of people. Oh, they're scared now. Well, the yeah. thing is, it's, it, it is yes. not that. It's equality. That's what I'm saying. It's, but the it's... only way to get equality is to flip the script. You can't right. have equality in any na in our nation if there are predominantly white leaders in place. The only way you have equality is by equal well, the same with women. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. the same with women. Exactly. Absolutely. Think in my but, world that if it's not equal, then it's not right. I mean, you lose a lot as a nation, as a world, when you try to suppress one group of right. people, whether it's female But or those people never stop existing. So like, like equality cannot be had in the structure that we have now. Equality will never be had as long as we are funding our police force. Well, they have to be, you know, they have to be defunded, decentralized, and then demilitarized. So you take away their money, you put it into other resources that can answer I agree calls, with you. and then you take away all of their equipment and they can't respond with a gun and shoot people anymore. I just think the biggest fight you're going to have is just the pre prejudice. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I know it's mm -hmm. been on since day one. It was at the Spanish Inquisition. Um, before that time, um, you, were, you, were, you, were, you were kept in your place by your religion. So. You were killed for your religion. And it wasn't until the Spanish Inquisition that it started being about color. And then it's when they couldn't tell what people's religion was, well, we, so. we, all, we all came from black descendants I know. in the story. Yeah, people don't. And the, you, your body had to, over the centuries, lighten, or yeah. you couldn't get the vitamins from the sun, and you would die. Well, I had seen I had seen a story. I don't know if it was on public TV. I had seen a story that um, came a point where the lighter blacks were prejudiced against Colorism. the darker. That's always existed. There's just, always been a hierarchy with color. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the epitome every, of white supremacy It's, white it's just humanity to try to put your, when you don't know your value, to try to put yourself above somebody else to raise Who you Who teaches up. you that? Somebody teaches you that. Oh, because yeah. taught when you were growing up, how mm -hmm. it affected you in school, what how you're it being affected you now in, in your oh, In, in your our little career. town, it was, it was economic status oh, as to how you were treated. Heard, oh, Lord, have yeah. mercy. But I'm going to wrap this up because you have another appointment yes. to go to. So I just have to thank everybody for listening to us today. And remember that you can read our blogs at www.comingoutofthekitchen.com. And um, we have a Facebook page, Coming Out of the Kitchen. And then we have email. <laughs> email, coming out of the kitchen pod at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And I guarantee you, I'm going to make these ladies do this again. Have a great day.